Yo, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Episode two, round two of The Hop. I'm your co-host, Gabriel. I'm Steven. Welcome back. Thank you all so much for joining us. We are back again. We got another great couple beers for you all coming from. Steven, what are we drinking today? We are drinking Sierra Nevada Brewing. Brewery. Brewery. One of the the big breweries, one of the biggest craft breweries in America. This is going to be a good one, guys. We got a lot to unpack today. We're going to sample several beers, and uh, we're going to talk through some news and notes as always. Uh, Hey, Gabe. Hey, Steven. Let's grab a drink. Thank you for coming back for round two of the HOP. Once we drop a few of these episodes, we're going to be hitting round like. Have you ever stayed in a bar long enough to get like round six? Oh, seven, yeah. Seven? Yeah, round you close out the bar, of course. We're going to be closing out the bar here on the podcast. Uh, what's up, Gabe? How's it going? Oh, you know, living and loving, you know. I am, uh, I'm over here in good old New York City, freezing my ass off, but you know. You do what you can. If it helps, I was in uh, Lake Arrowhead this past weekend, uh, and it was freezing there too. It was a balmy forty degrees. Which I hate you. I for hate those of us, who can- you. dude, there was snow. There was I, snow. I still hate you. In California, I drove like ninety minutes outside of L.A., which you know, and I thought I didn't bring a good coat. Like I, I kind of was like, I was like, it's California. How cold could it be? <laughs> and then and then everyone wanted to go for a hike and I was out like at the lake just freezing my ass off still with a beer in his hand I bet still always with always with a beer in my hand that's how we stayed warm <laughs> that's awesome I also I also was turning on a gas fire and I almost blew my face off so I'm yeah, I'm feeling right. excited to be here this this fine afternoon. Feeling feeling excited to be in house safe under a roof no I'm just no. excited I'm just happy I'm alive. Really? <laughs> Aren't we all though? I had a near death experience. I saw the depths of hell burst from this <laughs> this gas fireplace. I'm surprised it, you didn't burn your eyebrows off. It doesn't dude, after it happened legitimately uh, the the guy I was with was like, "Are you okay?" and I my first thought was, "Do I still no. have my eyebrows?" <laughs> Do I still have Wow, that's I went and looked in a mirror to make sure they weren't singed. It was horrifying. It like shot out of like a burst of flame shot out of the gas fireplace. What did you throw in it? Gasoline? Like what'd you do? I didn't throw anything in it. I just had the gas turned up way too high when I was lighting it. <laughs> Unbelievable. You need to learn it how to do It was terrifying. Go I I cuz I thought it was going to be one of those fireplaces. I'm used to like lighting a fire with like kindling and paper and you have to sit there for like 2 hours to get it to light. Nah, you just pour a bunch of gasoline, throw a match, and run. (laughs) Guys, let's dive into the news and notes, uh, some updates for you from around the beer world, as we do. Uh, And this first one is exciting because uh, it's the season for Brewfest, guys. I mean, really, it's always the season for Brewfest. I I can drink a beer any time of day, any season. So You can go to a beer festival almost anywhere right now. They're, They're... I mean, we're seeing them crop up all over the place. Cincinnati, uh, we mentioned Cleveland last week. Uh, we got Vegas. Uh, they're just they're everywhere. Check around and, and find a brew fest near you and hit them up. But the one we're going to feature today 
uh, is the Vermont Brewers Festival at Bear Mountain Killing Shout Thing, out which to is Vermont. on March. It's on March 21st. So Gabe and I actually went to the Vermont Brewers Festival in the summer. They do one in the yes. summer in the winter. Yeah, um, a lot of fun. We went in the summer to Burlington, Vermont. Oh. We had we we got we got good and good and loose. Good and loose. That fucking pulled pork sandwich too. Ooh. Oh yeah. You're always gonna find good food to go along with the good beer. Yeah. Uh, but Vermont, I mean, like, listen, guys. Vermont is, in my humble opinion, one of the best craft beer states in the country. Uh, there's just so much good there. Uh, and on March 21st, you can go to Mount Killington, a beautiful ski lodge, and drink a bunch of beer. Uh, it's on March 21st. There's a, uh, tickets are, are currently on sale. Um, they have uh, two different sessions, one from 12 to 3 and one from 4 to 7. You can choose from various pouring sizes, uh, and you can get tickets starting at $45 uh, going on up, depending on what kind of ticket you purchase you can also purchase a lift ticket lift meaning the ski lift for those that do that Ooh. uh can you drink on the ski lift you, you know what the, weirdly there's nothing on the website that says like <sighs> hey you're not allowed to ski drunk like they're not there ain't nobody stopping you <laughs> uh and some of the some of the uh featured brewers that are confirmed to be there uh first republic 14th star um, Collaborative Brewing, Burlington Beer Company, Frost Beer Works, excellent. Uh, Hermit Thrush, if you're a sours person, that's a that's a place to go. Lawson's Finest Liquids, uh, Hermit beautiful Thrush. Her- Hermit, I love. That. I love Hermit Thrush. I love that name. I love Hermit Thrush, and they're like all sours. The Alchemist, if you're a heady topper person, Ooh. they're going to be there for you. Nice. Zero Gravity, guys. Uh, and then if you, if you're interested, you can, you can take a look at the vermontbrewers.com website and take a look at some of the featured beers that were available at, uh, the 2019 festival. Um, but you're always going to find beers that you can't find anywhere else. They also have home brewers there, uh, giving you some small batch stuff that you can't purchase anywhere else. Um, so if you're, if you find yourself in Vermont, if you're able to get to Vermont around March, uh, that is going to be an awesome time. Check it out. Love me some Vermont. I'm sure it's cold as hell up there right now, but who cares? I well, got good beer. Well, it's a ski lodge, so I would hope. I would hope they have, have some snow. If it's if it's not cold, then uh, nobody's having fun. We we got a problem here. Dogfish Head, famous Dogfish Head. You guys all know them. You love them. They have great beers. Well, get ready. They're set to release 160 beers in 2020. That's a lot of beers. Dogfish Head opened 25 years ago, and they pride themselves on creating innovative, well-differentiated beers and spirits. They're doubling down on its offbeat approach to liquid artistry with plans to release more than 160 unique products. I know some of those favorites include the numbered the numbered beers, as I like to call them, 60-minute, 90-minute, 120, those hard-ass, heavy beers that are just so good and so delicious. Um, with the 180, why don't you? Oh, yeah. That would I be... I take it. I, I mean, I couldn't. Let me but... get a 240. <laughs> you want to chug a 240? You got to take two sips and be f- fucking just, hammered. I'm going up the multiples of six. Man. What's next? Highlights Let me get include... that 300. <laughs> Highlights uh, for the new beers include the American Beauty Hazy... Oh, hold on. Let's try that one more time. American Beauty Hazy Ripple IPA. A new collaboration with the Grateful Dead. 
Paolo Santo Maran, an unfiltered brown ale aged on Palo Santo <laughs> wood, clocking in at 12%. Wow. And we got the Campfire Amplifier, new s'mores-centric milk stout. Ooh, for those of you That's... who like those darker beers, milk stouts are always definitely a way to go. That's ridiculous. A, a, a s'mores-centric milk stout. I, I And can we just give some love to wow. the name, too? Campfire Amplifier. Campfire amplifier. Okay, I, dogfish. I, yeah, I like want that on like a t-shirt. Campfire amplifier. Dogfish head. Dogfish head. Look out for their new brews. Uh, they got a Yum. nice bunch of them coming out. Dogfish head. I love dogfish head. They have some great beers coming out. Look out for those. And check out their website if you want a complete list. I don't know if I, th- I think you said that, Gabe, but dogfish.com. Check out their website. You can see all these beers that are about to come out. I did not say that, so thank you. Oh, well, that's what I'm here for. Cheerio. Where would you be without me? You'd Probably dead. You'd be hosting a show by yourself is where you'd be. Yeah, and it'd be a lot better. Oh. Oh, shit. Excuse me while I see myself out. All right, bye. Thank God he's gone. It's just us now. I'm kidding. Talk. Go. All right, he's upset, so I'm going to take over his. Say you're sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that. <laughs> you're not i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this he needs me okay guys moving on uh, a co-founder of uh, lost abbey brewing has announced plans to launch a new line of canned sour beers called tiny bubbles uh this is scheduled to launch in 2020 what that's the it's, brand it's name such a fun tiny bubbles tiny bubbles canned sours hey can you pass uh, me one of those tiny bubbles I'm sorry. They're going to be available in four packs of uh, slim 12-ounce cans, and there's, there's going to be two flavors, uh, Brut and Rosé. The, uh, the the man's name is either Tom or Tommy Arthur. Sir, I don't know how to say your name. I apologize. But uh, Mr. Arthur is a co-founder of Lost Abbey Brewing, like we said. And his goal is to target drinkers uh, currently out of reach of his other brands. Uh, by bringing to life a living Goza-style beer finished with Brettanomyces, uh, while having fun promoting their new friend, Brutus. And their new friend, Brutus, is the brand's mascot, Brutus T. Bubbles. And I encourage you to take a look at, their, at the, the tiny Bubbles mascot, because he's, he's ah! adorable. He is adorable. And this guy, a- <laughs> th- this, this guy, Arthur, Mr. Arthur... Just looks so happy. About oh, tiny bubbles. About tiny bubbles. Look at this guy. It's just like this little egg <laughs> with, like, with like throwing up like the rock like rock and roll sign. The rock and roll scent, but like his face is expressionless, so it's just like a like it's just like a yeah. He yeah, he's just like a yeah, yeah, we're here. It's just like yes. That's tiny bubbles. Tiny bubbles. Incidentally, Mr. Arthur, because that's what we're calling him now. Now you can't say his name. Speech cautioning. Tommy, Tommy, Tomas, Tommen, Game of Thrones. Tommy. Uh, Tommy. He announced all this in a speech cautioning a lull he sees in the growth of the beer industry. He's trying to make it very different. Go back to, uh, you know, including everyone and getting, like what Steven said, reach having his uh, all of his uh, brews being a, being able to be accessed by everyone and anyone. So. Yeah, but also he he was talking about in that speech he talked about um 
consumer education and the importance of it. He was kind of warning that today's new generation of legal drinkers coming up uh, is not quite as interested in learning about brewing, uh, the process of brewing, learning about brand history. Um, so he was kind of talking about the importance of educating yourself on beer, which I think is really apropos to what we're doing here, uh, here on the show. And, um, in addition to that, he cautioned brewers and consumers not to judge or look down on brewers that sell their companies, uh, or, you know, um, sell to one of the larger beer companies or something like that, either out of necessity or a desire to shift focus. Um, again, that's kind of a big tenet with us here at, at the HOP is, you know, inclusion and, and not, um, not trying to be snarky or snobbish about beer and who owns the beer, just really trying to drink beer and love it for what it is. Everybody's uh, just appreci- trying to get drunk nowadays. We Everyone's just tra- in the, that college phase of like, does it have alcohol in it? Great. Hand me one and let's pound. It's like, what are we drinking? Who cares? Take some time to appreciate what you're drinking and uh, find some love for the artistry of it, you know? And uh, to that end, Gabe, um, I propose I'm a thirsty. toast. Hit us with a toast. Wait, let's I, get the. I, I, I we do got believe. Some, I do believe a toast is a foot. We got some smooth jazz music for Ooh, the toast today. Yeah, I'm gonna need it. I'm gonna need it for this one. You gonna mm. like this one? Lay it on me. Boom. Boom. All right. Of all my favorite things to do, the utmost is to have a brew. My love grows from my foamy friend with each thirst-quenching elbow bend. Beer is so frothy, smooth, and cold. It's paradise, pure liquid gold. Yes, beer means many things to me. That's all for now. I gotta pee. Cheers, motherfucker. Cheers. That was... That was delightful. I told you you'd like it. Fucking Dr. Seuss over here. Yeah, had to hit him with a smooth jazz on that one. Mmm. I almost wanted to play throughout the whole episode. Might as well. I think that's what the people want. I think we'd lose all our listeners. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know. It's just, I, it's just jazz. Like, they don't even talk. They, they, they talked about the beer for like five minutes and then they just threw jazz on. There's no beer. It's just a jazz Pandora station. <laughs> I mean, also, yes, that could work. Sierra Nevada Celebration! Yeah! Alright, guys, so, um, we're here! We're here! Sierra Nevada Celebration. Uh, this is a... IPA. It is a fresh hop IPA, as they refer to it. Uh, we got an alcohol by volume and ABV coming in at 6.8%. Uh, we have an SRM, so the beer color, I would clock it at around hmm, maybe like a 18, I would say. 18, 19, uh, thereabouts. So it's like a, a, a copper color um, kind of a copper chestnut yeah. amber, very very amber colored. That darkish orangey color. If you hold it in front of like a light, you it makes it brighter. Like it's just 
just looks like just a fun looks like a sunset almost it's it's a really pretty color uh it's definitely um not very hazy at all uh and we're both drinking it out of glasses uh poured from a bottle i got because we classy i had a nice little uh off-white kind of eggshell head on the top that dissipated pretty quickly and i'm going in for a sip after i smell it he's got to smell it that's that's good. That's uh, it's nice and it's it's nice and drinkable. I'm I'm a fan. Oh, it's so good. And like, I don't know if it's the title, but I immediately the the title and the graphic on the bottle. But I immediately think Christmas. Mm. Like, or, like, do you honestly think holidays, or do you think like it's another solid IPA that I could drink at the holidays? So I love this beer because um, I I, I or I. Yeah, I love it because this beer is a holiday seasonal. They release it for the holiday season, um, but it's an IPA. You know, typically holiday seasonal beers and seasonal offerings are often spicy and aromatic. This is the time of year we see a lot of gingers, a lot of um, right kind of really like spice beers. I mean, spice beer is a category in and of itself, but we see a lot of uh, kind of more aggressive things going on. This is just... An IPA, the same that we drink kind of all year round, but they uh, they brew it with the the freshest hops of the growing season, kind of the first hops that that mature, uh, and they're making a real American IPA out of it. So it's classic, it's uh, piney. Um, it's it's definitely a beer that uh, you you can have this with a meal. You could be eating a nice Christmas dinner um, if you're Italian like me. Uh, the Seven Fishes. Um, we don't necessarily do the seven fishes but we 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 got we got some lobster tail we have like a nice roast we go all out anyway a, a fish or two that's what happens at the apria house but anyway this is definitely like if i had one of these like to sip on all night i would be the happiest person in the world i mean it's definitely like you said got those notes um definitely you you, you wrote it down definitely got that caramel uh vibe yeah, almost a, to so, it so when you smell it kind of the first thing you get is like pine yeah. yep uh but absolutely. you as you would with an ipa the but malts. you do get some um you get some spiciness you get some kind of some herbs and some like some pepper or some great it doesn't hit citrus. you over the head too hard and that's and that's where the malt comes in right i mean it's it's a, it's got a sweetness to it it's malty it's not uh, a hop blast uh it is definitely hopped but it's balanced. It's really well balanced. Um, so in the taste, uh, you get hit with the pine and the citrus initially, uh, and then it's kind of got a sweeter side to it. Maybe a little it's bit of banana. Very easy going down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very very easy going down. It's 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 got that refreshing feel to it, and it, it's this may sound weird, but it's it's I can take a big gulp. Like normally with IPAs, you drink. You know, eventually your mouth's gonna start like burning. You gotta swallow the beer, but this one's like you. We might be able to chug this a little bit. Not that you know we're not condoning that or anything, but still, I mean, you can you can go after this one. This is like it just doesn't blast your taste buds with the hops. They're there, right. um, but that's why I I think it's just uh, it's just a easy drinking kind of more mild. IPA. You're not going to be a fan of this if you're not a fan of IPAs. I'll I'll say that. I mean, if you're someone who's like, 
I don't usually like IPAs. Well, this isn't the one that's probably going to hook in. It's a pretty classic IPA, but yeah. it's not aggressive if you're someone who like doesn't like aggressive hip, uh, bitterness. Um, speaking of which, uh, it does have an IBU uh, of 65, so I don't think we've addressed this on the show yet, um, but IBUs are, uh, it's the International Bitterness Unit, so um, it's kind of a scale that was invented that we've been using um, for pretty much since the beginning of the 20th century to determine how bitter a beer is and kind of have a common language about it. Um, Science. Yeah. So the more IBUs that a beer has, the more bitter the beer is. Uh, Now, uh, the scale of the IBUs kind of goes, it kind of is infinite. It can go as high as like a thousand, but like you're never going to taste that in a beer. Uh, With beer, you're probably working between like five to crazy hoppy beer would be like 120, but most beers are probably falling between like 15 to 80. Um, so your IPAs are going to be more on the side of the, the between the 60 yeah. and, um, and 80. If it gets They're a lot like stronger. IPA. Yeah. It, it's, it, it doesn't always correlate to like alcohol by volume, but it, it's, it's bitterness. Although you will see that a lot. Like you'll see like a beer is 7.0% ABV and 70 IBUs. You know, that's like a classic, IPA. And then your uh, amber ales are sitting at like 20 or less than that. I love amber ales. I think that's why I like this beer so much because it's kind of got the similarities of an amber ale. Yeah. I think you, you mean like the uh, the malt and the sweetness and that stuff. Yeah. It's so good. It's just... Honestly, <laughs> you could just... As long as there's snow outside and it's cold or whatever, you can, you can drink this. Beer Advocate gave it a 93. Oh, this was the second beer ever released by Sierra Nevada. First introduced in 1981. This beer is older, not old. Yeah, we I want to discriminate. We're not ageists. I wanted to talk about that because I think that it's important to. I don't. I don't think uh, when you think of Sierra Nevada, you're in, immediately going to think of their pale ale, uh, maybe their torpedo extra, uh, some of the brews that right. you can find all year round. But the first Sierra Nevada. And we're, I think this is probably a perfect segue into this, but Sierra Nevada has been around uh, for quite a while. They were founded in, um, I think, 1979. They started releasing beers in 1980. The first beer that they uh, brewed was a stout, but they didn't distribute that. The first beer that they uh, actually sold was their pale ale. The second beer that they ever sold was this uh, Celebration IPA that we're drinking right now. Um, so it's been around and it's been a staple of this company pretty much since their inception. And now they, uh, release it annually in the winter. Um, this is a huge brewery, a huge brewery. So, uh, I mean, let's, let's get into it and kind of profile them a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, started by Ken Grossman. He started Sierra Nevada with a hand built brew house. Steven, if you had said to me, Gabe, here's some wood. Here's a hammer and here's some nails. Make me the jankiest birdhouse you could ever make. Birdhouse? I'd probably... What? Birdhouse? Yeah. If you had said... It'll all make sense. If you said to me, make me a birdhouse, I probably wouldn't be able to do that. And this guy built a brewery <laughs> by his hand. I, With his I, hands? I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm impressed. Have you ever seen that commercial for the, uh, the brewmaster's hands? I don't think so. It's like one of my favorite and most awkward commercials I've ever seen. It's for a beer in – is it for Foster's? It's for like a British beer 
And they have this commercial that they... Foster's they, is Australian. Yeah, okay. Well, it's for... I don't know what the fucking beer is, Gabe. <laughs> Get your countries in Get order. Get your shit together, Carol. Um, so, the point is they have this, uh, this commercial where they keep focusing on the brewmaster's hands. And they're like, these are the hands that picked the hops. And these are the hands that, like, filtered yeah. the malt. And they keep focusing on the hands. And then at the end... I I am not making this up. Like YouTube Brewmaster Hands commercial. At the end, it goes, "Why do we focus for so much on our Brewmaster's hands? Because she's Uh-oh. not a very attractive woman." Yo, what? I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. No, we don't. You can't this. do that. We don't support it. I'm just telling you, it exists. What? The hell? <laughs> oh my god! What a shot! This do is- they show? Do they like show her face no. on camera? Wait, maybe. It might cut to a wide shot of, like, an older lady. <laughs> Yo, that's kind of messed up. It might not. It's hilarious. Like, go YouTube it right now. Not you, Gabe, because we're busy. But everyone else, pause this. Go do that. Gabe, you can do it after the show. she's not an attractive woman. I am Yo. not making it up. I hope she gets royalties from that commercial. I hope they're paying her overtime. You know what? It was Newcastle. It was Newcastle Brown Ale. That's who did it. Newcastle was the company. Oh my god, that's <laughs> wow! Shots, uh, uh, officer. I'd like to report shots have been fired. <laughs> so that's so. So what you're saying is this guy's hands <laughs> built a brew house. <laughs> do we? Okay, well, do we want to see this guy's hands? Is he ugly? Like, what's the deal? Ken, Ken Grossman, Ken, Kenny boy, our boy Ken. Sierra Nevada is one of the oldest craft breweries in the United States. They, I think a lot of people wouldn't think of them as a craft brewery necessarily because they are um, so big, but they are, as they put it on their website, um, 100% independently owned, operated, uh, I think they said family owned, operated, and fighted, fight, fought over or something like that. Um, yeah, man, the, the, the kids are fighting over who's going to run the ship when dad's out. So it's, it's just a big company. They are, as of 2016, they were the seventh largest brewery in the United States. Uh, they are consistently one of the top five independently owned craft breweries. Um, but they are, they continue to be independent despite their size. Um, they are not owned by uh, any kind of large corporate company. They're not under the, the Miller or the ABI family or anything like that. They are completely right. independent. Right, which is awesome. Yeah, and it does, it kind of raises the question. What is craft beer? I mean, this is something that, you know, I think it's a term that we throw around a lot, but I don't think that it's really, a lot of people may not know what it means. Um, like, like when you do a craft, like, so like arts and crafts, like, oh like yeah, you have, you have, you have glitter. Like you, you go to Joanne like Fabrics or like Michael's. Right. And you, you get the poster board and you make a little poster and then you have a beer with it. That's normally what it is, right? Yeah, it's when you take a six-pack of beer to Joanne Fabrics, and then... <laughs> You're welcome, America. <laughs> and then you party in the aisles, and the employees ask you to leave. Craft Yo, beer. aisle four. Aisle four. That's where it's at. Meet me in aisle four, Joanne Fabrics. I, it's, seriously, though, I think that the term craft beer kind of gets used interchangeably with microbrewery. Um, the term microbrewery, microbrewery was originally used... In relation to the size of breweries, meaning it it basically meant the brewery was small. Um, 
but over time it's come to reflect uh a attitude a mindset uh an approach to brewing flexibility adaptability you know sierra nevada on their website if you start to look at any of their beers um They'll tell you the science behind the beer. They'll tell you how it's how it's brewed, but they always have this tagline on there. Brewing is as much art as science, and all beer specifications and raw materials are subject to change at our brewer's creative discretion. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop you real quick because I there is something that you need to see. I don't know if you're aware of this. I don't know if you knew about this. I don't know. I've seen Baby Yoda. Been, oh, what? No, well, him, <laughs> but also Steven. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll get into this for the, for the listeners, but Steven, um, they have a narwhal imperial stout. Oh. And yes, there is a narwhal whale. Oh, I know. On the bottle. Oh yeah. You you know, narwhals are the weirdest of all whales. Cause they have. Steven's obsessed with whales and blackfish. Don't get, don't even mention the word blackfish around them. Cause he he could talk about that movie for. Okay. Here's the thing. America. No. Here's the thing to all the the craft brew people of the. Look, you brought this up. You brought it on yourself. We're in it now, fam. The movie Blackfish. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) The movie Blackfish has a message, and it's important, and I'm not here to take a side either way. But what I am here to tell you is that if you haven't seen the movie, regardless of how sad it is, about 30 minutes through the movie, you can see. A bunch of sea, a bunch of Sea World trainers jerking off a whale. <laughs> and if you haven't seen that, you should see oh it. That's all I'm saying. Why? That there's footage, and like if you go look at the video, there's like okay, the whale. Yeah, that whale is chilling. The he's whale. They're like, oh, thank God, I needed this. The whale is back floating, like he's just out at the beach, right? And he has his dick which you know if you've never seen a whale penis i i don't mean to be graphic about it but it's very long and very pink and it's basically draped over this trainer's uh shoulders like a fire hose okay it's coming out of the water she's standing fully up they don't have to bend over or anything because that's how big it is and it's like draped over her shoulders as if it's a shawl that she's wearing in the dead of winter and then another trainer is just stroking the end and then there's a third trainer with a bucket, and he's primed like as if he's about to catch like a well a baby, I guess, or some someone throwing something. He's holding the bucket, and then this whale just shoots its happy joy, and then they use it to make other sad whales. But the point is, my description isn't going to do it justice. You should look it up for yourself. Yeah, so a microbrewery was originally used in relation to the size of the breweries, uh, gradually came to reflect an alternative attitude and approach to brewing flexibility. No, don't mind me. I'm just trying to get us back on topic uh, as opposed to all the whale penis You brought it up. I can't let it go. I just – I saw Norwal and I thought of you and you're welcome. I – you brought it up. All right, let's talk about You went into detail. Let's talk about microbreweries. Guys, my point is let's do it. my point is simply that a microbrewery 
is a small brewery. It's generally defined as a brewery that produces less than 15,000 U.S. barrels of beer annually. The term craft brewery and craft beer is much broader and uh, doesn't. it's kind of up to the consumer to define what that is for themselves. There is the Brewers Association of America, and they define craft beer as a brewery that is, quote, small, independent, and traditional. These definitions have been argued over um, the word traditional specifically um, because it originally meant like the types of ingredients that were put in the beer and then they had to expand that but there's basically four categories that they define as craft breweries there are microbreweries as we mentioned which are small there are brew pubs which sell 25 percent or more of their beer on site there are regional craft breweries which i would consider to be the majority of craft breweries that we're talking about including sierra nevada and these make between fifteen thousand and six million barrels of beer a year Sierra Nevada does about 1 million. And then there are contract brewing companies. These are companies that hire other breweries to make their beer. So shout out Two Roads, Stratford, Connecticut. Like Two Roads in Connecticut. So it's they that. They brew other people's beer because they're so massive and so good. Because they're badass. Uh, but it's that second category of regional craft beers between 15,000 and 6 million beer barrels annually. That is what allows and kind of makes way for the Sierra Nevadas of the world, the Sam Adams of the world, the Yinglings of the world. These breweries are still craft breweries, uh, and they are still independently owned and operated. Sierra Nevada specifically, another thing that's important to note on this point is that they, as we mentioned, were founded in the 1980s. That's kind of right when the craft beer boom started in America. Um, so they were right. there along with Anchor Steam and some other breweries that don't exist anymore. But Sierra Nevada and Anchor Steam really are the two breweries that were there at the beginning on the forefront redefining what craft beer what beer is in America and leading the way uh, for the craft beer boom that we uh, that we went through and that you know we're reaping the benefits of today. Now the next point we're going to talk about is with the sustainability of the Sierra Nevada uh, facility, so to speak. Um, it, before we say anything, let me just say if you go to the website. Uh, SierraNevada.com, they have an interactive website so you can learn about the sustainability factor they are creating. They've got things like solar-powered breweries, uh, biodiesel processor, things like that. And we can go and we'll go into more details in a second, but you can literally go to the website and get an interactive, like you could click on it and you will learn about so much. And I think it's the coolest thing because they're doing things that other brewer, other breweries are not doing. They're, they're really being different. They're really going green in a way. And it's like, you wouldn't see that with beer so much going green. Big time. It's a huge part of their operation. They really take sustainability, uh, very seriously. And, um, like Gabe said, at all their facilities, they have three. They have two breweries, two full-service breweries and a tap room. And at all their facilities, they have so many. I mean, there are things that you see, such as solar panels and uh, and things like that. They are completely solar-powered. Um, so there's things like that, that that are kind of obvious. Um, and then there are things you don't see. Uh, they are a uh, LEED platinum-certified bu- building uh, that – I'm sorry. Their facility in North Carolina – specifically, is the one that is certified LEED Platinum. LEED stands for Leader in Environmental Energy and Design. And it's... LEED. LEED. It's a certification that's given to buildings based on how sustainable they are. So this, so literally, they're looking at things like, okay, 
let's put a lot of windows on the brewery because if there's a lot of windows, it lets in a lot of natural light. We don't need to turn lights on. That reduces our energy costs, uh, things like that. Um, and then look at, you this. Know. look at this website. You can literally click on anything. Click here. Look at this for the Chico uh, Chico site. Click for more information about heat recovery and energy efficiency. Click here for more information about CO2 recovery. I mean, th- if I may be so bold, we've got a brewery that's saving the planet. They have a uh, – they even bought a section of railroad. They own like a, a part of the railroad so that they can do their deliveries that way because rail travel is uh, is more fuel efficient than, than traveling yeah, that's, trucks. That's- that's some monopoly shit right there. Solar powered. They have a section of their brewery that has a Tesla battery system. So that like, I, I mean, I've, I've read it like six times and I still don't really understand what it does. But this Tesla battery <laughs> system is supposed to help uh, make them more energy efficient throughout the brewery. I love this right here. They use a small biodiesel processor to convert the used cooking oil from its restaurant for biodiesel use in its delivery trucks. I mean, you know, that... That's pretty efficient. Like that's that's some next level. Yeah, they're big on reusing and recycling. Right they also, you know, a lot of breweries do this, but they they discard the discarded yeast uh, gets converted to ethanol uh, fuel by a company in town in Chico, California, where they are located. Their uh, used grain is sent to cattle raisers to feed the cattle. Uh, their used water is reused to water the fields. So it's sort of this idea that like. They don't just throw things away. They they find a purpose for everything, and they yeah, reuse and reuse. Um, and it, it just makes it so much more worth it because, you know, like we said in the beginning, you know, with uh, Mr. Uh, – I already forgot his name. Mr. Anderson? Mr. Mr. – oh, Mr. Tommy. Wow, we're really good at this. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Tommy Boy. I think you um, were close. I mean, no, it was Tom Arthur. Or Arthur, Tom or Tommy I, I Arthur. Was in the, I was in uh, – Tommy Arthur. I was close. Tom How do we Arthur say said, this guy's know, name? Tom Tomei Arthur uh, <laughs> talked about, you know, people today nowadays, they don't know what they're drinking. And, you know, when you've got a company like Sierra Nevada who is going so green and also producing some of the best beer, this is, this is, this is when the information is kind of vital, I would say, at this point. Uh, they did. They uh, they won the uh, EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency's Green Business of the Year Award in 2010. Shout out! So sustainability is big with them. And the other thing, did they get a trophy. Uh, I think obviously they give they give trophies for Green Business of the Year. I think it's, it's probably, probably a tr- got like a plaque. It's probably a trophy made of like. I don't know, something really sustainable. Papyrus. Like, how sick would it be if you got, like, a gold trophy, like, the cup, and then you poured beer in it and drank out of it? Probably... Like, you know, okay, so, like, you know the Stanley Cup, the cup, they, the yeah. the trophy they get for hockey? Yeah, the big one. I Yeah, the big one. <laughs> the big guy. I would absolutely drink out of that. Are you kidding me? That would be, f- I, I mean, I would do it, but just to say I did it. I feel like it's impractical. Imagine your Thanksgiving table. Everyone's got a normal glass, and you have the Stanley Cup. That I don't. That sounds perfect to me. I don't. I don't get it. Can you pass the yams? And you're like trying to drink out of your. Cu- I'm sorry. I just needed a sip. I like can't see my mother at the end of the table because the giant trophies in the way. She's like, Gabe, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. I'm drinking out of this thing. Somebody knocks it over. It floods the house. 
Oh, we have fun here. My favorite. Um, the other thing about this brewery, before we move on to our second beer, which I am excited to do, but um, the, in addition to their sustainability, they also have uh, a lot of um, a big advocacy initiative specifically related to taking back the trails. Um, they're kind of uh, – they're big on nature, and um, they're big on the great outdoors, and so they have done um, – a lot of work, especially in their, their Chico location, to uh, kind of uphold the trails and rivers. Um, if you do, if you go visit their brewery, you can take like a, a nature hike. Um, National Trails Day? Wow. June, I guess that's June 1st. Um, but they have, you know... Um, these guys actually like care. This is great. They really care. Um, Proudly independent. Which is great because, you know... Brewing is an agricultural exercise, and uh, it requires taking from the earth, and I love that. I mean, a lot of breweries do uh, have the mindset of trying to give back to the earth, but Sierra Nevada, I mean, it's named for, in part, uh, because this this founder, Ken, um, would go hiking. boy. Our boy Ken, with the hands, would go hiking in the Sierra Nevada mountains when he was growing up as a kid. So, so nature is a big part of... Who, the identity of the brewery. Uh, and you can see that if you go visit their locations, you can go on, like I said, the nature hikes when you're taking a brewery tour or anything like that. Um, but they do do a lot of work to uh, raise funds, give back, um, and help protect the planet in these trying times. They had sales that went toward campfire relief efforts for the oh, wild, yeah, that was in, uh, wildfires that tore through California. Yeah, that was in 2018. What they did was they, uh, they brewed yeah. a brew called the Resilience Butt County Proud IPA uh, with over 1,400 craft brewers, and 100% of the proceeds of that sale went wow, to help so relief awesome. for, for the campfire that, uh, that California experienced last year. So. Um, another so cool. See, they thought water was going to help. No, beer will help. Gabe, um, my beer is almost gone. My beer is almost gone as well. I think it's time for our next beer. Number two. All right. Beer number two is the sweet and sensual Sierra Nevada Hop Bullet. We got a double IPA. Oh, this is, this is a fun one. This is uh this is a nice heavy not heavy beer but this is a nice tough beer uh in the best way possible very very uh good tasting but also strong it's got that fun stuff to it this one's got the ABV of eight percent we got an eight percent double IPA that's uh normally the region you'll go in when you got the doubles um. I, I gotta be honest, this one's a little strong, but it's 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 one of those fun ones, you know? Yeah. It's 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 a nice served in a can, nice solid double. Um so you're drinking straight out of the can. I poured mine into a glass. Uh, yeah, I'm sticking with the can for now. The SRM, the color, standard research method beer color chart, as we've mentioned before, is I would put it at about an eight. It's a lighter beer uh, color-wise. Um, it's kind of this amber glow, um, a little on the hazy side, but it's a West Coast double IPA. And basically with this beer, they hopped the living shit out of it. Okay, that's the point. <laughs> like 
They loaded it with magnum hops and lupulin powder. If you don't know what lupulin powder is, it's basically concentrated hop dust, hop powder. They pack it into these pills. So you can actually, uh, it's, it's kind of like a capsule and they pack it in. So, uh, it's concentrated hop flavor that's even more intense that's put into a capsule as opposed to using the original plant um but in addition to so you that take one like with water and food and it'll like relieve your I, I don't know what that's going to do for you except destroy your palate for the day but <laughs> hey i mean i'll try anything once but in addition to that this beer contains cascade centennial chinook crystal magnum and idaho seven hops so they hopped the living shit out of it for they, lack yeah. Of a they threw word. a bunch in one, and that's awesome because it's just it's it gives you that that flavor, but it doesn't take anything away from it. It's got the 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 pininess, the earthiness to it. I I, I love that it it still provides all that as it's in your mouth and as it's going down. Um, it's got the the light carbon carbonation. Um, so it's not too uh tough to drink um but it is it is strong this one uh this one will knock you back a few pegs you know what i'm saying uh we said the abv is at eight percent um interestingly the ibus the bitterness unit is at 55 so it's actually uh less than the celebration um i haven't even gotten to tasting it yet but i'm about to um the head lasts a little longer than it did with the celebration um and it's got a little bit more lacing there's definitely some foam dripping down the glass still as we speak, a little but bit of foam is always fun. On the nose, like when I smelled it, immediately I got pineapple, which is interesting because it's definitely piney, both in the name. Yeah, and the smell. it's it's got that like, but it's sweet tropical yes sense to it. Yeah, it's got like a, a a real citrus note, a sweet citrus note, which is why I, I think I pulled out the pineapple. Um, it's got that that floral grassiness to it, but in like the best way possible. Yeah, so I get the air earthiness, I get the grassiness like you just said for sure. I mean the pine is there, but the thing is some of the doubles that I that I like to drink like Road to Ruin and Heady Topper and some of those other ones um they are so aggressively bitter that the bitterness yeah. just hits you in the face. This one is not quite that. I mean, it is a double. It is 8%. Um, but it's very drinkable for a double IPA. It's got a sweetness to it. The maltness, the malty sort of body comes through. It is quite delightful. I think this is one of their seasonal options, too. Um, they don't really sell Yeah, I actually... Trying to find this was actually a little tougher than I thought it was. Uh, shout out to City Swiggers in New York City, uh, one of our go-to beer to one of our go-to beer shops. City Swiggers um, is the shit. On, uh, I went in and they uh, they didn't have it in stock, so I had to I had to go around the corner and find it. But um, so we just shouted yeah, out they, we just shouted out City Swiggers for not having what we wanted them to have. No, we're gonna <laughs> shout out City Swiggers because we love them, but also. Because this beer is so hard to get, they didn't have it. So there are, you know, I'm digging myself a bigger hole right now, <laughs> and I need you to help me get out of when it. When you find your good beer spot, uh, you want to give them love. And I, I would love to give a shout-out to City Swiggers. I don't live in New York at the moment, but I did. And when I was there, uh, City Swiggers on 86th Street and 1st Avenue. Um, we, like, stumbled upon that place. We walked in, and we were like, 
like we literally heard the angels sing. It's one of those great places where you can buy <clears throat> weird beers from all over the world, but you can also um, have a beer. They have a great bar that's got different stuff on draft all the time, or you can pay a corkage fee and open a bottle. I have one here in LA. It's called Sunset Beer Company, another play- great place to go. Uh, when you need something from uh, wherever, and it's got a great ambiance. But when you find those good places, um, you know, they become your go-to. You want to go back to them. It can be hard to find beers outside of your local distribution channel. Um, Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about what is on tap at Sierra Nevada, what you can experience if you go visit them at any of their locations, and some of the other brews that they have available, because... Um, despite the two that we featured today, Sierra Nevada is not strictly beholden to IPAs. There's plenty available there. So some of the ones that you can find year round, you can find, uh, obviously the pale ale, uh, they've got the torpedo extra IPA, which you can find, um, pretty much all the time. Uh, they have the hazy little thing IPA. That's, uh, one of the new Englandy ones, um, they have a Fantastic Haze, which is an Imperial Hazy IPA. They have an Easy Drinking Lager, which I would put similar to like a Corona. That's called their Sierra Vesa. Um, and then you move into their their Seasonals um, and some other crazy stuff. They also have, I, I want to give just, just a shout out of deep love to their Bigfoot Barley Wine. I fucking love Barley Bigfoot. Wine. Bigfoot. I love Barley Wine. Yeah, we anything that's like weird and aged in a some sort of barrel or a barley but, something like that's that's fun. But barley wine is like a super. I mean, barley wine is like even if it's not. I just love barley wines. I can't wait to feature one on this on the show. Um, yeah, we'll we'll do one soon. We'll do one soon. Can we talk about this beer called Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving, we sure can. Yo, that sounds like fun. Uh. It is. This would be at the Chico location, or they actually have it at I think both locations right now. It's a seasonal. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a seasonal beer. Um, but uh, it's I, I believe it's it's an IPA. Um, Sierra Nevada is not shy on brewing like a ton of IPAs. I feel like I feel like with Sierra Nevada, like any beer you drink, the title tells you exactly what you're drinking. Like there are a lot of beers out there where it's like, you know circus clown and you're like okay what kind of beer is it though but like hot bullet celebration fresh hop like you got it you can visit sierra nevada at one of three locations you can go to their chico california that's their original brewery uh that they expanded like i don't know it was like in the 2000s yesterday no uh it was like in (laughs) like the 2000s or something like that um there are so many tour options like a lot of breweries you go and you pay and you take a tour this brewery you can choose from like they have like 10 different tours you can choose um depending on what you're interested in and what you want to see and what you want to learn about including a you know they have a 45 minute normal tour they have the one that i mentioned with the nature um and then they have a three and a half hour beer geek tour that takes you to literally every part of the brewing facility which is the one gabe and i would be doing if we had the choice oh 110 percent. <laughs> but also is now a good time to mention the food they make with the beer? Yeah, they got they got a tap room at every one of their locations, and I it just made me hungry just re- reading about We're it. We're talking 
Hazy Little Thing IPA Sliders, Beerified Sauerkraut, Pale Ale Poached Bratwurst. I mean, these people do not, and I mean do not, mess around. And the best part about all of this is they have the recipes online at SierraNevada.com. Go there, click on events, and they should pull up everything. They've got how to make it. They've got a video. They use the beer to infuse the flavors. They they put sauerkraut in a barrel, and they, like, use – so they'll, like, have the beer in it. They take the beer out, obviously, and then, like, what's left over that's stuck in the barrel, they use as, as their, quote, it, kraut juice, and they use it to make sauerkraut, and apparently it's, like, that's one of the most popular it? things. Kraut juice? Yeah, kraut, kraut juice, Ew. and they use it to, like – they use it – Toward the anytime they have like a big event, like a big. I mean, I'm know, like, it's they, probably they do... delicious, but that's just the most off-putting thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Kraut juice. I know, but like, but they make it with beer, so it can't not be great. They have these big events with, um, you know, uh, everyone uh, like the Oktoberfest, like they uh, here in Chico that it's their tenth year. They're bringing Munich tents to stateside beer lovers. I mean, everyone dresses up in the classic like Lederhosen, and you know they all have the mugs, and it's like the classic. You get a bratwurst, you get the sauerkraut on it. I mean, it's just a freaking party. Like what, Stephen, what are we doing? We gotta go to Sierra Nevada. Kraut juice. Kraut juice. Ew. <laughs> I'm gonna call yo, you it's, late at night. It's not... You're gonna be. I'm gonna be like, yo, Steven, Steven, I gotta talk to you. And you're like, what, dude? What? Like, I'm sleeping. I'm just gonna go, kraut juice, and I'm gonna hang up. I'm gonna dream about kraut juice tonight. But it's not that far Listen. from here, Gabe. It's not that far from here. I'm just saying. Right. Okay, the Chico. Next time I'm in town, we're going. The Chico location has 21 beers on tap in the tap room. The Mills River, North Carolina location. Which, by the way, opened in 2014. Uh, it's their second brewery. It's their brewery on the East Coast. That has 23 beers on tap. And uh, the menu there is Southern-inspired, which is delightful. Ooh. So you can find things such oh, as man. duck fat fries and the North Carolina catfish with a pale ale creole oh, sauce. Ooh, mama. Ooh. Gabe and I were in Atlanta recently. Damn. And... That food, that food. I'm still recovering from. I don't food. understand. It was so. Good. I, the the night we got there, we went out to like a very renowned Southern food restaurant in Atlanta, and yeah, that was really my first time experience that that kind of food, and I just didn't understand. I left, and I was like, "How do you people get anything done? I don't understand." How people get up in the morning and go to the office and fill out paperwork and then go home at the end of the day and do it again the next day. I would be – nothing would happen. My bills wouldn't get paid if I lived there. (laughs) (laughs) The the waitress came over. She was like, do you guys want dessert? And I – like she said dessert and I almost puked. Like I couldn't – I was like, what? No, we got to get out of here. I need a bath and a – now. I just don't understand. Like, if you go to the doctor's office and you you need something checked up, and the doctor just ate that food, you're gonna die because the doctor. You're yeah. You're not gonna get the medication you need. Like, I'm trying to think of just like a normal job that people do. Like, how do things get like marketed in that city? How do lawyers lawyer in that city? 
They're like, uh, Your Honor, I, I just need like. Five <laughs> you call some doctor's office, and the receptionist is like, "What? I'm dying." What? <laughs> I I ate way too much good food, <laughs> and that's that's the thing though. Like Southern food, like if you've never been to the South, especially North Carolina, I've been to North Carolina. I loved it there. If you've ever been to North Carolina, like I, I don't know why, maybe it's not North Carolina specifically, but I just remember getting hush puppies in North Carolina. And, like, just they were like little balls of crack. <laughs> they were so good and so delicious. We're getting off topic. Go to the South. You, and while you're there, go to the South. But they eat Sierra that shit Nevada, for breakfast. Like, you wake up in the morning and they're like, can I have, like, chicken with, like, biscuits and gravy? What? You just woke up. I need, like. Yeah, that's how you jumpstart your I day. I need, like, a coffee and, like, a bite of an apple, and I'm, like, off to the races. I, well, you also don't eat anything. I eat things. Just, you know, I'm careful. About, look, if I put a bunch of biscuits and gravy in my stomach when I wake up in the morning, the rest of the day is shot. I need a nap immediately. Steven has an apple, a cliff bar, the entire. It lasts the, him the entire day, and then he eats dinner. Like, don't you know even what? talk to me about. You know what? Food. Shout out to Cliff Bars. If you are listening and you know anyone who knows anyone <laughs> oh, no. who works for Cliff Bars, <laughs> I just want you to know I eat a Cliff Bar every single day. And I just got the uh the the macadamia ones again. They're so I good. can't I have I I'm allergic to nuts, so I can eat about two flavors of Cliff Bars. But if you know anyone who knows anyone who works for this company and they could send us some free Cliff Bars, I'm giving a shout out. Please, dear God. I'm doing an ad that wasn't paid for right now. Cliff Bars, the 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 fuel you need to run the rest of your day. Did that sound like an ad? Cliff Bars, Cl- the fuel you need <clears throat> to fuck shit up. Cliff Bars. Power your afternoon. I don't know. Is that Cliff Bars? Take the pledge and climb the... I don't know. That that didn't work. Never Send mind. us free cliff bars. We'll do this all day. Um, We should probably wrap it yeah, up. But before we do, we're, we like to end on a fun well, topic. Something that caught, caught our, our eye. eye. And Steven, if you don't mind, take it. I'm going to take this Take it, one. take it, take it. Voldemort Putin wants his gold. Um, Russia banned from the Olympics. They're done. Out. Get them out of there for four years from doping back when they were at the the Olympic Games in Sochi. Uh, looks like the World Anti-Doping Agency came to a vote to remove Russia's flag, name, and anthem from the Tokyo Games that are coming up in 2020. Yikes. Looks like but, – but the best part is like this dude – what the hell is his name? <laughs> Grigory – oh, boy. Grigory Rod Rodchenkov. Wow. Rodchenkov, who ran the lab where all these doping drugs came from, said he made a three-drug cocktail of banned substances that he mixed with liquor, probably vodka, and provided to Russian athletes. However, this was Russia's planet, so many of the athletes that are Russian are not being affected, so they'll be in the Olympics, but like it's not gonna. It's not gonna be like Joe Smith from Russia. It's gonna be like Joe Smith from. Were they trying to do the that Olympics. with the last Olympics? And then yeah, they were trying. They, they because you never saw the Russian flag. You saw the Olympic like logo, and it was like, what? What country are they? Oh, <laughs> Russia banned and disgraced. 
So I don't know what Putin's doing over there, but homie, you better talk to your athletes because they're not bringing in the gold if they can't represent you. Putin, it's not going to go down in the record book as a win for Russia. Putin's so they're just going to be. I mean, are they going to like assign them to another country, or is it going to be like Grigory Rodjenkov from nowhere? Is that how you say that? I don't know. Rodjenkov. No, probably not. No, it's like it's going to be like Grigory Rodjenkov from. What did they use? For the last one, it was, like, from the Republic of Olympics. It was, like, something weird like that. Mm, mm, I don't remember. Yeah, it was it was something, like, out of the ordinary. And I remember hearing it and being like... For those of you who don't know, we are Olympic fanatics. We are. It, it all because... started when we were living together in New York a couple of years ago and the Olympics were on. And it started off... I don't know if I can speak for Steven, but I can definitely speak for myself <laughs> when I say it started off as, like... Oh, the Olympics are on, like water polo. Like, yeah, why not? We'll turn it on. And then, like three minutes later, we were like, "Hell yeah!" The thing is, let's go, guys. Do you realize, like, it, <laughs> when the Olympics are happening, there's the primetime stuff. Like, yeah, NBC is going to show you like the swimming and all that shit. But if you go online, you can watch the Olympics all day long. And I had this kind of time. And if you turn on the Olympics, we had nothing better to do. If you turn on the Olympics at like 10 a.m. on a Tuesday, you can watch people walking. I'm not making it up. That's an Olympic event. Walking. 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 We are all Olympic athletes. Yo, walking. they should like. <laughs> they were walking. And the thing is, it's not even like an event no one attended. It's like there were people on the sidelines cheering them on. There was commentary. It was like, I, I don't even remember who the fastest walkers were. I wish I did. Like, it was like I like the event where it's like they're skiing, and then out of nowhere they pull out a rifle and shoot targets, <laughs> and then they have to ski again. Like, I want to know who came up with that. What guy was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. So they're like power walking, and they're on skis, and it's really tough, and then they reach a checkpoint. What do they have to do? Yes, Gregory, you had something? <laughs> yeah, we shoot a rifle. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did you just say? Like, what? Like, who came up That's with that? That's so true. They're just, like, skiing, and then for no reason, they just turned into, like, they just... Like, Mark Wahlberg from Shooter. Open like, fire. What are you doing? <laughs> and then they keep skiing. Like, shoot these targets. Like, nothing like, happens. What? Yeah, exactly. We love the Olympics. Listen, generally, I wouldn't say I'm a sports guy. I'm a football guy. But... When it comes to the Olympics, I'll watch anything. I'll watch the curling. I'll watch the swimming. I'll watch the any kind of skiing. I'll watch the sailing, the Yo, surfing. Yeah, we taking curling. Curling's ours. But it's going to be televised soon, and we're going to watch the hell out of it. Well, on that note, uh, if on that note, should we get the fuck out of here? I think I think we should. I think we should, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again for joining Thank us. Thank you for joining us. Episode two, round two, Sierra Nevada, Celebration Fresh Hop IPA and the Hop Bullet Double IPA. Find these beers, drink these beers, support this brewery. They do a lot of good and they make a lot of good beer. And I mean, what's better than that? I completely agree. Check this brewery out. Uh, shout out to them and any beer they're brewing. Uh, go ahead and drink it. It is going to... Be a good time for you, uh, and we want to thank you, as always, for joining us. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the HO Podcast. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Send us any beer recommendations you have. Um, we want to hear from you, so hit us up with all of that stuff. All right, guys, thank you so much. We'll be back in your feeds next Thursday afternoon. Until then, uh, keep drinking great beer, and have a great week. Cheers.
Cheers, everybody. 